Hello, everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying, skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Wednesday edition of The Drive. Hope everybody doing well on a chilly Wednesday, I love it. Uh, I mean, I could stand, I could stand to do without the breeze a little bit, but man, I, it, it, it. Uh, if this doesn't wake you up when you step out in it, I don't know what. Hope everybody had a safe and happy Halloween last night. Jason, did you get uh, a few trick or treaters? Well, we actually went and uh, and took my little one around did you go downtown. No, we didn't right. go downtown. We went to a few select folks, and uh, we told them we were going to come by, so we went to. By the time you do five or six, and they said, "Hey, take a few more here, there." We had a half a half a pumpkin of candy, which oh, is yeah. plenty. Uh, but even doing that, you know, it takes a couple of hours when you're out and about doing those things. So mm-hmm. we came home. There were some folks out, but by then it was after seven o'clock. I'm like, "Okay, we got to get pointed towards bed to right. get up to go to school the next day." So. Yeah, we we had we had more than we've had the last few years. Now I will say, in my neighborhood, we've had a couple of families moving across the street that have uh, younger kids. So they were they were out and about and they enjoyed my uh, animatronics that I've got I've got quite a few quite a few things from from a friendly pirate and I've got a Casper the friendly ghost and I just tried I mean I I know yeah Andy yesterday was was giving me some grief about it I mean look I've got some things that might great. might startle some kids but I try not to do it with the little ones you know well yeah. and, and I mean I think it's it. The neighborhood decorations add to the festivities, yeah. and I think it's it's part of the uh, you know it's it's part of the holiday spirit. And uh, we don't get a ton of pedestrians in my. Uh, no, I could see that. Yeah, that, that would that would probably not be advisable. Don't get a ton of pedestrians walking, walking in, along yeah, university. Yeah, the, the, you know the neighborhood where I live, uh, they're in uh, in town, but uh, yeah, saw a ton of great costumes, and uh, yeah, it was a, a great time. Uh, always Halloween, really. I mean Auburn, and and I think maybe like as as it pivots to a holiday that adults uh, celebrate like I don't know if it's you know I saw a chart where it feels like there are metrics telling you that adults are celebrating Halloween as much if not you know it's much more a kid's holiday on a Tuesday night than it is on a Friday or Saturday night right oh yeah yeah Friday or Saturday night even Thursday in the college town well this past weekend was was big Halloween party, and that's, correct? Yeah, that's, they, they started must have started at five o'clock mm-hmm. on Saturday. And when Auburn has a when Auburn has a home yeah. game and Halloween, and you know, going on at the same time, it, it is yeah, it's a it's a happening and it's a, a week long thing. And yeah, hopefully everybody was uh, able to enjoy it and have a, a healthy and uh, and happy and safe uh, holiday weekend as as yet now. And and you've it certainly felt like the end of something because uh, la- late last night, early this morning, Bill, you, you get outside and it's. It's it, it's in the thirties. Oh, it's, it's been, in the thirties. It, th- it was thirty five when I left the house this morning. Yes, it was. Uh, it was cold. It's November. Hey, I mean, so we we've turned over to November now, and it feels like real fall football, and it feels like basketball. And guess what? We've got basketball tonight. Uh, exhibition game against AUM this evening at seven o'clock. 
You may be able to get standing room tickets if you uh, if you head over there uh, well before the 7 o'clock tip-off. So looking forward to that this evening. Uh, we're, you know, we're getting closer just three days away from uh, Auburn back on the road football-wise up to Nashville where – um, where, where they will play in the stadium that is the smallest. Okay, because we were talking about it yesterday. Correct. Floyd texted, there was a story that he found uh, written in 1958 that said there was an overflow crowd of 28,000. But we saw that the capacity was supposedly like, 13,500. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, even so. That, that's, that's unbelievable. Yeah, But yeah. I can see Auburn and Georgia Correct. drawing Outside, you know, that, so many well, fans. Because back then, they had a banks. hillside. It was like that, banks on both, in both correct. ends. So, yeah, but, you know, yeah, so from a there, – there's been smaller crowds. Smaller crowds. Uh, but the, venues. Uh, the, the TCU game right. was one we found was a smaller crowd. I think Justin Ferguson found, but – yeah, from a venue perspective, it's been you know seven, almost seventy years since Auburn had played in a a a stadium with fewer capacity than we'll see Saturday. We referenced a uh, there was an opener there was an opener against Louisville in uh, the seventies, I think it was, where Auburn opened against against Louisville in Montgomery or in Birmingham and didn't draw much of a crowd at all. Uh, but that was a bill. It was a big venue. They just didn't right. Have a, Probably yeah, Legion Field yeah, still held yeah, fifty they, something. They thousand. did double headers a lot early yes. in the seasons mm-hmm. in, in that time. But yeah, yeah, Legion Field was probably seventy thousand at that time, though. Mark uh, Mark Murphy wrote a thing in the Plainsman about how Auburn should stop doing it back then. That's that's how that's how yeah. Uh, get get your home games to Auburn. Is what Mark wrote yeah, in the Plainsman. I, I remember him talking about that. Um, and and hey, and it proved to be exactly mm-hmm. the thing to do. And then obviously led to uh, when Coach Dye got here. The the first thing he did was start trumpeting to get the, you know the Iron Bowl moved here and uh, and rightfully so and so yeah look, looking forward to it um, don't know I know it's going to be a crazy setup um, yeah the, the Auburn team will be in tents um, and there's a their portable bathroom T E N T S yeah yeah hopefully they'll be in tents in tents in tents yes. Inside of a tented structures. A, a tented yes. structure with portable bathrooms and showers. I think our media is in the construction trailer that Vandy currently What's has. The weather's supposed to be seventy-one. Oh, okay, high. great. That's seventy-one forty-seven. That something like that is great. It should fall be football. I know weather. that's the thing you're talking about. Is like you know when we saw the schedule, I thought November. November. Tents, no November in Nashville. showers in tents. It could be it well, could be thirty. Well, November in Nashville and Fayetteville, Arkansas. Oh yeah, I thought we've seen it in well, Fayetteville. Yeah, and that was the end of October even mm-hmm. then. But Fayetteville right now looks like fifty-seven forty-four. So it could be a lot worse oh, next yeah, week for no that kidding. one too. So yeah, weather-wise, hey, three o'clock is perfect. I mean that that's that's a great time. It, it, you know, it's it, not it's not too early and it's not late. Yeah, no, it's it's okay. I mean, it, much better than much better than night games than for both of these games. Yeah, no kidding. Yes, um, so looking forward to it. Should be a, a, another very winnable game for this Auburn team. But like you said, basketball tonight. Get our get our first look at um, you know this team against another opponent. Um, you know, AUM's a team that. You know, should, this this should not look like it did the last time. The the only time these teams have played. That's right. Um, Auburn looking to even the record. Even the record even against AUM, even though it doesn't count in the yeah it doesn't count in the So record. yeah, looking forward to seeing kind of this team and and kind of getting it going. Yeah, we'll we'll talk more about that and uh, anything you'd like to talk about. We we uh, welcome your calls while Jason's with us. How long are you with us today, Jason? I'll be here till five. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, and the 
The way you can get through, one of the ways, is by calling the Drive Hotline presented by Skybar. And that number is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840 on the Drive text box. Presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, available however you listen to podcasts. Go to your favorite podcasting platform or go to ESPNAU.com and use the Podcast Center. That's all presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Jason, you were down on the field this past Saturday, and uh, uh, it was it was what Auburn fans and I believe the the Auburn coaching staff and probably the players themselves wanted to see that style and the success with that style of offensive football. Yeah, I, I you know we we talked about it for a couple of weeks, and uh, you know I, I said last Wednesday I thought we would see majority one quarterback, and I thought we would see more tempo, and that's what we saw, and and we saw it translate into to making more plays um wide receiver group played much better i thought they played a little freer um i thought peyton thorne had a really good game i, I thought he played really well and you know he free said hey look there were even a couple of plays where we thought hey he could have could have kept and thrown maybe an rpo a couple of those situations like that where might they they made me ran into a front they didn't like and um and and so i, I thought overall it was really good and and you know i'd, I'd written on sunday and then written it again, and I'm glad on Monday that, that Hugh Freeze came out and said, look, the second half was not about sitting on the football. It was all about, well, some of it was protecting a lead, but a lot of it was because you're on your own five-yard line, 15-yard yeah. line, and they threw it a couple times. They threw it from their own end zone. Yeah. Twice. And give, yeah. And give, you know what? And I, I think that something else that's lost in the second half is like – and I, I don't know. I give, give some credit to State. Like they got stops in a tough situation where – I mean that that game could that game was slipping away from them. They're down three scores in the second half, and they're stopping Auburn on first and ten runs. They're stopping Auburn on third and short. Yeah, you know, and those, those third are and three, third and th- three runs. Yeah, those yeah. those are plays where if, if you know you're you're one or two play, you know, one or two plays on a drive away from from maybe getting something going, putting a lot more points on the board. State gets pivotal stops in the second half to keep whatever window they had of winning that game uh, open. Yeah, and that's a, that's a defense that has some players, um, especially the front seven. Um, you know, those guys and, – and, you know, Hugh Free said, hey, look, we adjusted there at the end. And you saw in those situations all it takes is one key block, yeah. one cut, and, and it's, it's a 50, 50 60-yard run. run. And you're right. And so that, that's the thing. So, I mean, there are obviously things you go, hey, yeah, would have been better, would have been – you know, to me the, the difference was it was that – Auburn's defense couldn't get off the field for the majority of the second half. It wasn't because they were yeah, tired. Two long possessions, yes. which pretty Our, much took the third quarter. Yes, and so uh, they got they got tired because they weren't getting stops to begin with, and so um, you know, and you know, got a little guys banged, some guys banged up again. Marcus Harris banged up, should be okay. Um, but you know, now you turn the page and you play a team that statistically. Is as bad as it gets on they're, both sides of the ball. They're really struggling defensively. They have really struggled trying to run the ball. Hey, back back to the Mississippi State second half. Dan mentioned it yesterday, but on that possession when uh, Brian Batie bobbled the ball in the end zone, brought it out to the 14, Jarquez Hunter was, I mean, inches away from busting a huge run on first down. Yes, and, and it was, went about for three yards. And yeah. I don't know that he got touched. I think he just kind of tripped on the I, play. I thought one of their guys maybe May got his have, hand on, but it wasn't hand on much. his ankle. And then on third down, Camden Brown Ran, runs a yard shy of the first down correct. mark. 
and then you, little. I mean, the Auburn was still close. Correct. It wasn't like oh, in the tank and stuff like and, that. And they you, nearly had a couple and, of big and, plays. And, and off the five yard line, you, you you throw a pass to Brandon Frazier on third down, get twelve yards. You're off the goal line. Yep. You start to probably and move in tempo. An eligible receiver. A a, a call that. Auburn sent to the the league office. I, who was it? Who was it supposed? It was supposed. It was Dylan Wade, and he. And they said, "Look, his heels were on the yard line." Said it is. <laughs> it was not what I don't. I think Auburn did not feel like that. That was an enforceable offense at that time. Like, hey, it, it, he 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 had kind of stepped forward he was a little still bit, in his and he zone, moved and he right. moved backwards because he realized that. Um, so it was really close, but yeah, you're right. That's honestly, it was probably. Um, a good way for this one to go. I agree. Because you go, hey, look, good you, luck, guys. You win so easily. If you if you score another time or two, add another 10 points and you win, you know, 37-13 or something like that, and, and you might be feeling feel really good about yourself. Yeah. I think they feel much better about themselves, but they also go, look, we're still leaving things on the on the table that, that can be that can be costly. And so can you clean those things up? Can you get, you know, more of those plays down the field in the passing game? Um this is a team to do it against. Now, now they create some issues defensively, but they create issues for themselves because I think they're trying to be aggressive. They're playing that kind of style. And they give up a ton of points and a ton of yards. This is a, I just looked. I'm just kind of working on my defensive preview. Vandy has – the only time they've allowed fewer than 28 points this year was Alabama a That's wow. it. They've had a tough. They've had a tough stretch too. They've I mean, had a really tough schedule. They played five straight pretty and good Ken, teams. Ken Seals looks like he's going to get some playing time at quarterback this week for them, and that's a guy. I mean, we were looking at it earlier this year. He had a really good freshman. Started year. every game the twenty twenty COVID year as a true freshman. Yeah. Um, started most of the twenty one season. Didn't play a snap last year, and I don't know if it was injury. You know, it doesn't seem like they mentioned an injury on the... Was it, I mean, maybe it's just the coaching change, and yeah. like they didn't feel like he was a fit for what they wanted to do or but something. He, but he stuck around, and he's he's back on the, back in play this year. Right. You know, he's he's a guy that, like I said, has thrown it. He's got a... This team has got 19 touchdown passes, and they're also... And that's with three quarterbacks. With three different quarterbacks. Now, Walter Taylor, who we'll see Saturday, is pretty much strictly a runner. It's going to be very similar to what Mississippi State did the other day. I don't remember him... From high school, yeah, I remember I, me and him uh, like following him on Twitter because I'd seen him play probably as a sophomore. They came to was Auburn he, seven was he on anywhere seven. Near that big then? He wasn't quite that big. He was probably six five, like one eighty five. Huh? Okay. Where's uh, Where's he from? He's from Jackson, Jackson okay. Alabama. So him and Nehemiah, him and Nehemiah were a little bit apart. Nehemiah's three years older than him, but he's now six seven, two thirty. Big, he's he's a big athletic kid. Um, it's going to be more power run game. I, I think they'll add some of that stuff. So hey. If I'm them, I'm doing a lot of what Mississippi State did in the second half the other day, which is run some quarterback counters. Mm-hmm. They were they were doing some of those things to take advantage of Auburn's aggressiveness. Probably see some of that, but yeah, Ken Seals can throw it, and you know the the maybe the most interesting thing is is the health of Will Shepard. He you know he was banged up a little bit in that Ole Miss game. He is absolutely one of the best receivers in this league. I as, as a matter of fact, I heard Kirby Smart say he was as dangerous a guy as they played all year. I mean, he is he is one of those guys. I mean, he's six three. He's got eight touchdowns. Um, 591 yards, averaging almost 15 yards a reception. Who's, who's the guy that's got the ridiculous number, though? It doesn't have a whole lot of catches, but averaging like 20 yards a catch and has yes. four, four yeah, five they, touchdowns. Jamari and Carter has is 29. He has 29.7. He's only has three for uh, three catches, but he's averaging almost 30 yards a catch. And then they have uh, London Humphreys, which is 14 catches, 350 yeah, yards. Yeah, 14 but, catches for 350 yeah, yards. Yeah, 25 yards a catch and four touchdowns. Yeah, and so I mean it's a freshman, six three freshman. So they got. They've got some weapons outside, and 
they're one of the top teams in the country at, at passing plays of 30 yards or more. So they have created some big plays yeah. in the passing game. Again, can Auburn – can you can you pressure the quarterback? It again was the issue in the second half Saturday. That's, that's Auburn's biggest problem defensively. Yeah, and, there's no question and, about and, that. And how much do you have to give from a blitz perspective? Put more pressure, and we saw it like they just could not get off blocks in the second half. And and you know that was a Mississippi State team that he now he made some pretty good throws. He did, but he made throws because but yeah. he didn't have any. He didn't have to worry about pressure very much. No, Jason Caldwell with us here on the Wednesday Drive for hour number one. We'll get to our first break. Love for you to join in. 334-321-1390. That's the number to get you through. The Edward Via College of Osteopathic. With Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Wednesday afternoon. Game five of the World Series. The Rangers are unbeaten on the road in postseason. They have not. I mean, they, you know, you feel like the Diamondbacks, hey, they got some momentum. They blew out Texas there in game two, and they're going home. And they have, we talked about it a little yesterday, lost a tough one on Monday night. Uh, they absolutely got uh, just destroyed last night it was not it was not a treat it was definitely a trick for the Diamondbacks and the Rangers looking to wrap things up and win their first World Series championship tonight in Arizona although the the Diamondbacks do have uh, I know they've got they they got Gallon going tonight they they uh, they are favored in in tonight's game albeit slightly uh, being at home Uh, but no it it does feel like Texas has an opportunity uh, Texas has got to be so loose right now I mean they're doing this all right, they lost Scherzer, they lose Adolis Garcia, and they still put up 11 runs last night. I now, mean, if, Arizona, Garcia. if Arizona wins tonight, they're looking at Merrill Kelly and Brandon Fott in, right. the, in the next two. And Kelly has pitched the best of any of the Kelly, backs yeah, in the postseason. Kelly's been sensational in this yeah. playoffs, and Brandon Fott has had, been really, really good. He's been really good as well. So, uh, even though it's Zach Gallen, feels like Texas, you know, a loss tonight would maybe be. I mean, it's not a missed opportunity because they still all they have to do is win one of the next three. But these, I mean, it will not be easy to beat Arizona in any of these next three games. Uh, I think Texas should win the series. They're up three one, but uh, I I could see a uh, I I could see a scenario, especially if it doesn't go tonight. uh, You know, I just want I wonder about the the Diamondbacks pressing a little bit offensively is something that who's going for the Rangers tonight? Evaldi. That's that's not that's not exactly easy. He's when he's when he's on, he's really good. He's He's been good as well. Yeah. Yep. All right, uh, so that'll be coming up following the show uh, on ESPN 106.7. All right, uh, Jason Caldwell with us here in the studio. Uh, Auburn, and we talked a little bit about Auburn and Bandy. You, you mentioned a couple of the guys that are banged up. I mean, Auburn, I think, is in, in pretty darn good health for a team heading into its ninth game. Yeah, con- considering the schedule you played and, you know, lack of a lot of depth, they, they've been pretty good. Um Avery you, Jones probably the most likely guy. That yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I think obviously a, a guy that has been pretty banged up and still been walking around with, you know. So it looks like to me like a pretty pretty hefty knee sprain at, at a minimum. So. Really good situation when you have a youngster like Connor. Connor Lou, Lewis, you know, SEC freshman. Get 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 more playing time, playing better. You know, you know we talked about it, but you know wrote about it this week after Hugh Freeze talked about it. But you know we saw that that's the most rotation on an offensive line 
that I can remember, and it's out of necessity. Yeah, the first five series, there were five different combinations yeah. out there. Now, yeah, it was a lot of the same guys moving around. It'd be one. But Jeremiah Wright would be on time. one side, and he moved to the other mm-hmm. side. It, and you know, obviously, Jaden Muskrat went in at right tackle and gave too tall a little bit of a break. But you know, Gunnar Britton and, and Cam Stutch both banged up, and so kind of moving those guys around a little bit here or there, and, and to give them, a, you know, a little bit of a break during the game to get them through. Um, but the offensive line didn't miss a beat. I, I thought it was one of their better games. Um, really good protections against a team that can do some different things. Um, Connor Luce, you know, we, I mean, Gunnar Britton said, hey, this guy's going to be a superstar. And, and um, we're already seeing some of that from him as a true freshman. Should only get more comfortable the more he plays. And this is really big building block stuff for next year. Yeah, you're, you're not, you know, you're going out winning games right now, but you look at what you're doing from a building perspective for next year's offensive line, getting Connor Lewis some reps. Obviously, you got Jeremiah Wright there that uh, that you know you know has a chance to be back if he wants to. Obviously, would have to transfer if he didn't. But you got Jaden Muskrat that probably is better suited to be a guard, but he's playing some right tackle. Too tall with a year under his belt sh- should be a guy that takes off in a big way next year. Dylan Wade could return. He's got another year to come back, and then you got Wade is the one because he's he's talked about. The NFL, I know, since since arriving at yeah. Auburn, he's he's the one that you know maybe more than anyone else on the offense. I'm curious to see what he decides. I, I, to do. Yeah, I think it would be, you know, he's got obviously going to have to play guard or center on the next level. Um, could that be an option if you return to say, hey, look, we'll, you know, Kendall Simmons did that. Kendall Simmons played tackle early on, then played guard and went back to playing tackle, but was drafted as a guard and and obviously made. I think he's a similar guy. Um, but if you're the NFL, you'd probably like to see him play guard some to see what it looked like and see how he handled it, those kind of things. So, I mean, but, you know, you have the North, Northwestern transfer that's in. Um, you know, Tyler, the, the, the true freshman, is a guy that they've been pretty impressed with so far. So it's, 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 just, it's hard to um, underestimate or overestimate the, the job that they've done in rebuilding an offensive line it's a when pretty you, good offensive line now. And, and has a little depth to go yeah. with it for a group that was just had, – had they not taken all the guys they had, would have been a total disaster this season uh, from a number standpoint. Um, they've made it a team a team strength to this point, I think. Uh, even with all the shuffling you've had, it's probably been the one part of the offense where you go – other than – I mean, they had some protection issues early on. Some of that was probably quarterback um, – some of that was probably wide receivers. It was all kind of factored in. But you did, look, and they've been able to run the football pretty yeah, steadily. Did, did Peyton get sacked Saturday? No, no, no. Yeah, I'm saying no. early in the year. Yeah, yeah I'm just no. thinking of Saturday. No, though. I mean, no, I think they've State, State has been a defense that's been tough to run on. Yeah. Auburn ran on them, and they protected Peyton Thornwell. Yeah. They, they may have tinkered with the offense, too. You know, early in the season, felt like they were trying to operate under the assumption Peyton Thorn was going to have maybe more time. That then he's had, they've sped things up a little bit, gotten the ball out of his hands. I think that's helped. Oh, it, like they played to the strengths of what the offensive line can do, especially Saturday. Uh, that was the first time where they we've done more. You know, we've seen more of that from this this Auburn offense, and I think it's only going to increase, in my opinion. I, I think they cut it back some, and said, "Hey, look, look, let's do what we can do, let's execute it, and not try to throw the entire kitchen sink out there." And I think that helped the wide receivers. I think the wide receivers said, "Look, hey." Maybe you don't do as much. Let's let's go out and I think about, you know, remember the Titans where it's like, hey, it's, it's like Novocaine. You know, you, you execute it, then it'll work. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think they've done some of that. Going, hey, look, let's cut this back a little bit. 
let's execute what we're doing and then go out and make some plays. Yeah, looking looking forward to seeing, you know, what they do this week. I mean, I'm sure it'll be it'll be more of the same, but they've got to be feeling good about themselves um as, as they go up there. I mean, it was good to see Damari get back out there, take a few shots. I mean, so I mean, as I, as I was saying a little while ago, I mean, this is a team that's in pretty good shape. Vandy Vandy's getting beat up. I mean, they have they have played five straight games against pretty good teams. Auburn just went through that four-game stretch, but they've come out of this fairly well. So, got to be feeling good heading up there. Uh, again, I mean, some you're seeing some receivers starting to step up. You think we're going to see the same sort of rotation with as many guys getting in there at receiver? I, I mean, it worked. It, it worked. I, I, I would think that, that based on what you saw, that there would be a lot of the same things. Um, you might add a wrinkle or two off of what you did last week. But I think it'll be, you know, some of the same things where, hey, look, let's, let's you know, it, it's kind of like halftime last Saturday. The, the easiest thing to do was to do what Mississippi State did, which is, hey, let's blow this up and start over and do something different. For Auburn, it's working. You then, I mean, you're not going to go into halftime and go, well, hey, we expect, we expect them to change it, so <laughs> let's go change what we're doing. No, you have to counter – what they do when you're when, the one playing with right when they do something that slows you down yeah and and you know we saw hey we saw Ole Miss last week uh, and I, I wrote oh, Lane Kiffin is the most aggressive guy in the country in my opinion he's more aggressive than anybody Ole Miss was up they were six for nine for sixty three yards in the second half throwing the football they said look we're not going to go out there and lose the game and they just basically said no and they had more field position than Auburn did in the second half I I think you've seen some teams do that. I would expect Auburn to be more aggressive, but it all depends on situation and field position sometimes. And, um, you know, as he free said too, you're not going to go blazingly fast every possession. But I think we'll see even more speed Saturday at times uh, now that they've kind of gotten back into that used to used – because to, they didn't really practice that for two for a month and a half or so. They started back again. Now you've gotten it under your belt. You can practice going faster even more this week and, and kind of take that to the field. 334-321-1390. That is the Drive Hotline presented by Skybar. We'll get to our bottom of the hour break. Come on in and join us here on the Wednesday Drive. Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive, 27 minutes away from 5 o'clock here on this Wednesday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Jason Caldwell with Drew at the controls. Jason, before we, uh, before we continue, talk about everything that's going on. This is a fun time. So many different things going on. And uh, you guys have got uh, pretty much everything covered there at uh, uh, 24-7. Yeah, I know. Got lots of things going on. Obviously, basketball tonight. Uh, Nathan will have the, the, the game coverage itself. I'll have a few photos. We'll have some video uh, later tonight from, from Bruce Pearl and, and, and probably some players, and that, too. that's very important because – the game is nowhere to be yeah, seen yeah. tonight unless you're there. Yep. So uh, we don't know if we'll have any video action of the game. I tossed something out there about the uh, the game not being available on television, and I do wonder if maybe Bruce doesn't want Baylor 
seeing this basketball game. It probably has a whole lot to do with it. Yes, I think so, because it would be easy enough to stream to, it. To stream it. Yeah. Absolutely. I yeah. wonder I wonder if Bruce doesn't necessarily want with with, a, with I, an opponent with an opponent like Baylor in your and opener. With, with as many new faces on yes. Auburn's team. I, I would say that is ninety nine point nine percent of this <laughs> tonight because I think Auburn would have the axe and, and you would get a ton of traffic. Sure you would. But but yes, I think that has a lot to do if, with it. If if Auburn were opening with a more if uh, you were playing yeah, if you were playing a you know a, a directional play, yep. a school, or, or, not only that, you know, but I think yes, well, a low mid major in, in the, in the and south, you, and you were going to have to put something on film before that. Then probably, yeah, you probably go ahead and stream this game, right? But if but if your opener is Baylor in in South Dakota, yes, why give them why give them the film? Well, of this I mean, game this if, is yeah, very very similar to why would I name my starting quarterback the week before a big a big game mm-hmm. when I got when teams are going to have to guess it, it's not it's not exactly the same thing but Troy's women have an exhibition next week before Ball State comes to town in the opener and they are not letting Ball State see that game that yeah. game is not well, going to be on yeah. yeah I mean if it's a game where you go hey look we're going to have to play well to win it's a it's a game that you know we'll have to execute do those things there's no reason to give anybody any chance to scout you when you don't have a chance to scout them, especially unfortunate for folks who would want to watch this game that if, don't if, have tickets that, or can't. Yeah, yeah, unfortunate for yeah, if you're if you going to watch this game on on television, yes, you or could stream you it. could buy a ticket and go sit in the stands and scout it. You, you can well, I, well uh, <laughs> I believe I believe the NCAA prohibits that by rule, as we've learned as we've learned lately. Oh gosh, that story. I, it gets it gets crazier no. and almost it seems I mean, sillier and now, every day. And now you look. It was already crazy before he was on the Central Michigan sideline in disguise. Well, here's here. Who knows if it was him? All I know is it would be really easy for Central Mission to go. Hey, that's one of our guys. That's exactly right. They They've had two days to they, say they haven't. No, done no, that. that's so and so. They haven't done that. No. It, it so may that not, tells you it was <laughs> or, him, or it may it may not. Or, it, or they don't know some, who it was. Correct. And that's really bad on them it, it, if they have no idea. This, who it was. It's, not, it's the if same it's thing. Not him. It's an unbelievable coincidence. It really that is. A guy and who guy, looks with exactly a, is, with a visitor pass is wearing sunglasses at night, and they don't know who it is. He's Corey Hart. Yeah, it is. It is an. I mean, <laughs> an unbelievable. Like, and I guess we could still like you could throw out the box, but maybe it's going to turn out that wasn't him on the sideline. But, what an unbelievable coincidence! Yeah. Series of coincidences that would lead to that not being him on the sideline. Yeah, no, it's just it's insanity. Um, we've we've seen the lots of lots of things, but we haven't. I I don't remember anything anything close to this. Where especially no. with with where Michigan is right now. With everything that's riding on this, with all the things that have gone on, and with the obvious, now, with the obvious markings of all this stuff playing together, with all the tickets that have been bought, with all the things that have happened, with the success that oh, has the followed, the trail them, is so obvious. It, it, I mean. It's unbelievable to, to see that, and then to have a guy that we know how football staffs work. There, there's no need for that guy to be standing next to the defensive coordinator at one second and the offensive coordinator at another second and be talking to him when you're a recruiting analyst. That's not your job. It might be your job at Troy to, to help out a little bit. At Michigan, no. that is not that is not your job. And most of the time they're going, hey, get out of my ear. I don't care what you that's, have to hear. I'm busy. That's right. They're listening to this person. And so it, it has the look of something that is really, really, really going to put somebody in some hot water yeah. and – 
it, it has to. There's no question. It has to go all the way to the top. I was going to say what where. There, is, it, there, is, it, is it the NCAA deciding that the violation of the in-person scouting rule is sufficient enough that they could start? Because I don't know if anyone's actually been disciplined under that rule. I, 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 we've it, never it, seen anything like this. No, it, it, it's, it's, yeah. We've seen, hey, your coach is on the road when he wasn't supposed to be. We've seen some of those things. We have not seen something that violates the, the absolute integrity of the game like this. And, you know, bef- and before people say, well, you're like – you're allowed to during the game. You hey, can pick up every if, signal if you want. Folks to. on the other sideline are careless when they're signaling plays yeah, in, and you can pick absolutely. it up. Absolutely, that, that's more, more power. power to you. That's my guys. Shame on them. If yeah. there's a rule in place that says you are not allowed to scout in person, you have not developed some brilliant strategy by just breaking that rule. You because I mean, you, you there's have a reason. Yeah, there's you have a reason. Cheated. There's a reason why everyone else isn't doing it too. It's, because it, they're not allowed to. It's a. It's a. Or they the haven't rules. been caught. Yeah. That's the other thing. If you're good enough to do it, not get caught. Have at it. If you're dumb enough to do it the way this just yeah, happened, no and, and it's real, then you deserve everything coming your way. And if you can pick things up on game film, then yeah, the, you're allowed. You're allowed. You're that's watching fine. film, watching TV copy, all those yep. things. If you can pick something up, that that that's part of the job. And the huge part of the job on Saturday is picking things up, but it's done by formation. It's done by personnel. That's why in practice you see, you know, we you think about personnel and they're they're yelling signals for what personnel is on the field, because then you have to go percentages. What have they ran? They run the ball more, or they thrown the ball more when this personnel is on the field in this situation. That's why all the prep work is done. It's not. It's not well. Hey, here's what they just signaled in. This is the play that's coming. No, that's right. That's, that's a, a much completely different, different story. Thing. No, yeah, that's that is like that's uh, like stealing. Uh, that's like signaling batters before the pitch. Yeah, it's is like beating. It's, it's like be. beating on a trash can. Yeah, to go, Hey, here comes a fastball. Yep. Yeah, that helps a little bit. Three, three, four, three, two, one, thirteen, ninety. We'll get to uh, Slack as we get uh, to the phones here on this Wednesday. Hey, Slack. What's going on, guys? What's up, Slack? Uh, this what we just got through talking about. Uh, I guess it's unprecedented because it's never been brought to light before, right? Uh, not that I can remember, especially not either. not something that looks as developed Blatant. and planned <laughs> as this one does. Yeah. I mean, it's been accusations of coaches doing stuff. Well, we've heard, nothing. we've heard. Yeah. I mean, Shane Beamer had an issue with. Um, play play sheet or something like there. There's some things that have happened like that before, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. nothing to where you're you're paying folks to go sit in the stands and videotape coaches, and you have a trail of tickets being bought all over the country. And I mean, and they weren't buying tickets to to watch Auburn Mississippi State. To I mean, these are yeah. they're, they're buying yeah. tickets who were teams that potentially they could match up with in the playoffs. Do you think it's something that the NCAA really wants to? I, I, I believe I believe that I believe that based on what we've seen, I, I don't think they would enjoy a whole lot more than doing something to Jim Harbaugh now, based on the way things have gone. I mean, hey, the the cheeseburger, hamburgers, or whatever this stuff. When you get on their radar, I think this is something that right now I'd be a little worried because right now the NCAA doesn't have a whole lot of teeth. They'd love to show that they've still got some teeth, and this would be an opportunity to do that. And I and wonder, well, and Slack, and, well, one sec, Slack, because I would also toss out there, 
I wonder how much scandal would make it to where Michigan would want to maybe maybe part ways. Like I do wonder if it's the NCAA step taking action or if it's if it takes a little bit of scandal from the NCAA to where Michigan maybe decides that that you know the leadership should be elsewhere in the in the college football program. Slack. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I guess my reason I asked that question is previously was uh, if, if if they do prove that Michigan, you know, is guilty of this, and then you start pointing fingers and say, "Hey, this school's done it. This school's done it." Do you want to open that door? Well, Pandora's box. Uh, I, I don't think they. Sure I, I don't think they. Well, it may be going on, but is everybody being so blatant and dumb about yeah, it if they're I, doing it? I mean, right. if you can't, if you don't have somebody who's showing up on the sidelines, who's been going and buying tickets and going around the country, yeah, we don't know it about. May, it. Yeah, that's the thing. The problem. The problem is, is can. Hey, well, here's the thing. They, they, you know, SMU got the death penalty for giving Eric Dickerson a car and all this stuff. Well, we're we're pretty sure that other teams have done that in the past, but they didn't get caught doing it. And so I think it's the same thing. Hey, if you if you get caught doing it, then I'm I'm sure there's other folks that you got to get caught. I think if they took Michigan down, everybody'd make sure that they weren't doing it that way if they were going to try to do it. Right. And, and and then my next question is: uh, Bill Self got caught with his hand in the cookie jar, and nothing happened. Correct. No one's talking about that. Oh, I know. I mean, it's it's, and that's that's the because part. There a well, this it's the part of this thing that. Well, Michigan's is, I mean, even in football, Michigan's about as blue as it gets. Um, right. That's but, really Yeah, and so, uh, no, I, but but we've seen it in, and it's weird it happens in different sports different ways. Right. Because um, North Carolina obviously had lots of issues too exactly. and, and, and had some things go their way. Uh, but, you know, by contrast, we saw Kentucky get hammered pretty hard in basketball one time. Um, and and, it, and it, it took them a while to get back. They had uh, they had a team with no scholarship players, mm-hmm. and they were still pretty good. But um, there's no rhyme or reason. But this one, because of the attention now, and because of the playoffs, and because of the money, if, if it, it reminds me a little bit of, of what's happening in this state right now, with the with the stuff that's being brought on about Gulf Shores in South Alabama and all the stuff. Mm-hmm. You, you you need to be sure, and you need to be. But if you don't do anything, and they were to win a championship, and it comes back that they did it, and they did it in a way that wasn't above board, then everybody else is going to go, "Hey, it's over with." So if you're the NCA and you're the HSAA in this state, you you better go and make sure that it's above board, and there's nothing going on. Because if that team were to win a championship, and then you got to come back two years later and go, "Oh man, uh, we were wrong. They shouldn't have won it. They shouldn't have been playing." Then, then it's over with. And and right now for the NCAA, that could be the end of you. It could be that serious where they go, "Hey, look, we're gonna blow it up. We're done with you. Um, we're gonna start our own thing. We'll we'll run our playoffs and 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 we're. I feel like we're close to that anyway. Where we're, where you have a group of Power Five schools going, "Hey." Here we are. We're just going to run our own show. Um, this could this could make that happen pretty quickly if you if it yeah. blows up. Appreciate it, guys. Appreciate it, Slack. We'll get to Jerry before we get to our final break. Hey, Jerry. Hey, guys. Um, it looks like a simple solution to the whole problem is to go the way of the pros and. 
to, you know, use a microphone. And yeah, with the receivers and the helmet. Quarterback's helmet. Mm-hmm. You I, know? I think uh, I think that will. Ha- I think this is going to bring that closer to being a reality. the The difference for it in college, first of all, is in, instead of thirty two NFL teams you're going to have to outfit teams with a whole much more. I'm sure that's probably not a cheap thing to do. Sec- yeah, I'm sure money has a, you know. Well, sec- the second part of it, too, is is that in the NFL, they might play a second quarterback every once in a while. <clears throat> Normally, they don't play a second linebacker. Normally, they don't they don't really rotate guys out. In college, right. you might have four different linebackers that are calling signals, and you might have, you know, three or four quarterbacks that play in a, in a few-week span you know, the NFL, you have one of those guys on each side of the ball. And so how many of those do you have to have for every college team in the country? And uh, I think they'll try to figure it out, though, um, because yeah, that, I mean, that would help to eliminate this possibility if you got the quarterback and he can just bark it out on the field. Well, not everybody in the in the pros are mic'd up, are they? No. It's just the – They have a designated just, player they got a green. Right there's here. a green dot. It's a quarterback and then they'll, right. their linebacker, and that's it. Yeah. Well, seems like a good oh, yeah. solution to me. Oh, it's coming. All right. Thanks. Appreciate it, Jerry. We need to get to our final break. One more segment with Jason before he has to head out. Stick with us here on the Wednesday Drive. With the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final few minutes of hour number one and final few minutes with Jason Caldwell of Auburn Undercover and uh, 247 Sports. Um, Jason, I was starting to get to this. I think I, I think I sort of kept you from talking about what all's going on that folks can look forward to and, and follow there uh, that, that, that all that you guys are covering. Yeah, no, we, like I said, we got a ton of stuff going on um, and looking forward to, like I said, this weekend, it, you know, opportunity to go to, to Vanderbilt for this team. So we'll have full coverage there. Um, be up there and have photos, videos from Nashville. Um, you know, Christian will be on the road Friday night while I'm gone and doing some recruiting stuff. And so um, have have thoughts from that. Obviously, basketball. So tonight into tomorrow. Basketball recruiting tomorrow. Nicholas Cody is announcing. Um, he was here this past weekend, four-star. Auburn and Texas. Auburn, Texas. It kind of feels like Texas right now. Yeah. But, but you know, there's um, obviously, you know, a guy that's a, a big forward that can put the ball on the floor, do those things. Auburn has a lot to sell in that department. When you think about the guys that have come through here in the last few years that have that have made a living in this offense system doing those things, um, you know Texas obviously has a lot to offer. Um, new arena, but also you know NIL and everything, and it, and he's a, he's a kid from Texas. So, right. um, so th- that one looks like it's Auburn, Texas. There was also five star number five player in the country that was here this past weekend. The the thing that I saw this weekend that from a basketball perspective that impressed me and intrigued me the most was Dwayne Brown. Dwayne Brown's a kid I saw the last two years at Hoover. When we saw him last year at Hoover, they won a state championship. Saw him last year. He was probably 6'9", um, 265, 270. Mm-hmm. Big body guy. He's lost about 30 pounds. He looked fantastic Saturday. And I was like, hey, you ready to run the floor some? And he just kind of started laughing. He had really good hands, um, can move around the basket. Um True post kind of guy, um, but like I said, six nine now probably two thirty five, two forty. Looks really good. Looking forward to seeing him. He was on campus this past weekend. 
That's I think talent in the state. I mean, the basketball talent in this state discontinues to grow. There was six six guard from uh, Pennsylvania Valley that was in. Um, that's a guy that has a chance to be a guy. Obviously, um, you know, one of the guys we've been following is Colvin Landrieu. Uh, Colvin Landrieu is a, a sophomore who has a basketball offer from Auburn. But he's also a football player at Thompson, and I think he's got seven touchdown catches in his first season playing football. He absolutely could end up being a hybrid tight end before it's over with. I mean, he's he's six four two twenty five. I mean, he's a big he's a big basketball guard right. that has transitioned now to playing football at Thompson. And Mark Freeman, those coaches believe he can be a football prospect, but basketball was his first love. So that's a guy that Auburn's already offered in basketball in state. Obviously, Caleb Holt is a sophomore that's one of the best players in the country uh, from Buckhorn that they won a state championship last year when he was a freshman right. and he was Mr. Basketball as a freshman. So lots of young talent in this state in football and basketball. Uh, so with basketball tonight, Jason, uh, who, who, are you exci- who are you excited to see out there? Yeah, you know, I've, Denver Jones is a guy that I've been waiting to see in a game. I mean, I've watched him practice a bunch and he's so smooth and a guy that has so much going for him. Really looking forward to seeing him and seeing you know that scoring punch. Chad Baker is a long, athletic three, uh, and then Chaney Johnson is a he's a high flying guy, but kind of straight line. Some of these like these guys that Arkansas's had a few years, last few years, where you look at him and long legs can run, get up and, and down the court, do some of those things. Though anxious to see those guys and kind of see what they do. I get the sense that for folks who missed the 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 bomber mentality of the Jared and Bryce teams, a little bit more of that could be back oh, I think this so. year, you know, with guys like and, and I think Chad's one of them. Because that guy, I don't know if you've seen clips of the San Diego State do like th- this guy he, will he, he, he can, is fearless with the jump shot. Well and, he can shoot it and the thing about this team is is you have you have the post presence inside in Broom. I'm gonna tell you, he is shooting the ball really well from the perimeter. He has added that a lot more to his game. You got Jalen Williams. Yeah, you're going to see more of that, and it's going to be all five out at yeah. times. They're going to spread the floor, create penetration lanes for a guy like Trey Donaldson. Should, I think Trey's always, the guy that can get the basket. Janai always seemed like he had the the foundation. Much be, better from there than he is from the free throw yeah, line. Yeah, yeah you're right. Be a good jump shooter. Yeah, so I think, I think Trey Donaldson for me too, getting to the basket, big body guy, spreading the floor. I think he's going to have some driving lanes. I, I think you know watch him tonight too. Looking forward to it, Jason. Uh, We'll see you over there at the arena. Absolutely. Sounds good. We're done with hour number one. Still plenty of time for you to join in. The second half of the show coming up here on the Wednesday Drive. Network Production. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome in. Hour number two of the Wednesday Drive. Bill and Dan with Drew at the controls here in the studio. Our thanks to Jason Caldwell of Auburn Undercover, part of the uh, 247 Network, with us in hour number one. Always, always great to have Jason in. If you missed any of uh, Jason Caldwell, check out the podcast available however you listen to podcasts. Search for The Drive with Bill Cameron 
on your favorite podcasting platform or go to ESPNAU.com and use the podcast center. That's all presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Hour number two of The Drive brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. And you can join us. Uh, we'd love for you to join in. And you can join us by calling the Drive Hotline presented by Skybar. That number, 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840. That's the Drive text box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. And, and you were saying, uh, before we get to the phones, Terry, we'll get to you here in a second, uh, another big costume contest last night. And did you say you had worn this outfit? I was. The same, Not I'm not talking the same clothes. It was, it was the but, outfit I wore to the show yesterday. Okay. Are, you fam- are you familiar with the... Are you familiar so with I'm, the, I'm, the Kevin so he, James? So were you two dressed alike we were last the, night? We were in the, so so I was yeah I was in the same but I was a judge. So I know I, I know but contest. I'm just saying that would have been that that was interesting that you were dressed like a contestant last night who won the contest who won the whole thing yeah guy guy in the Kevin James meme if you know the uh, the flannel shirt uh, King of Queens image that has made its way that happened to be my costume uh, yesterday and uh, someone wearing that uh, that same costume and you know what. Uh, congratulations to him. I think I think I did it better, but you know, I mean, but, it's, but I you, you know, weren't eligible. I'm though. not eligible. No, That's I mean, it's, right. I'm I am a uh, I'm a special guest celebrity judge, and and part of that, uh, you know, part of the obligation is that is that I can't win. So I was I was glad to see uh, a uh, you know I was I was glad to see uh, I don't I don't know how you how how would you describe it, Bill? Like it was it was you know what it was it was like watching your son win a little league game, <laughs> seeing seeing you know seeing a guy in my costume you know, go, go up there and, uh, and and win was a uh, was it's, was, it's was a, a way real of uh, you know reaffirming that that was a good idea crowd a crowd yesterday. pleaser too I mean yeah. it was we we you know you let the crowd decide when you get down to the top ten top twelve and and it was a runaway so yeah great costumes and always fun uh, Sky Bar Cafe you don't want to miss it all right so so we will get to the drive hotline and and Terry what what's your favorite Halloween outfit that you ever wore? Um, I didn't do a lot of dressing up in my younger days, but I guess uh, the, the the outfit of Stone Cold Steve Austin I actually put together back years oh, ago. Oh, I do like that. Oh, I, I like, like it. I like the sound of that. Terry, you dressed up as a Bo Nix fan yesterday here on the show, right? You said no, I heard, Spectre <laughs> took a, I heard Spectre took a little shot at me there. Uh, well, it, yeah. is, it is surprising that you believe Oregon is the best one-loss team in the country, well, I will say, based on, based on your body of work in the past. Well, in Bodie's kind of doing what I said he wanted to do in the first place, and let's go somewhere else and and be and flourish. See, I I didn't know you thought he was going to go somewhere else and flourish. I thought you didn't think he was very good. I I didn't, and I but I did say I did say that. I said he wanted to go somewhere was, else. I thought and it was flourish, more like you take the 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 O R I out of it. I, I thought you it was know more what? Like I, flush. Is I, what I, I think he looks do. like a, I think he looks like a pro, Terry. Like in, in a way that you know, well, I, and I'm ba- I'm bad at predicting you know which which NFL quarterback, which college quarterbacks are going to go be good NFL quarterbacks. Well, Dan, you and Bill, why would a quarterback go somewhere a quarter, where a coach has had continuous history of making them worse? You talking about at, at, at in Auburn? the first in the at first Auburn. place because I think he thought he could he could buck that trend. Uh, mm-hmm. Come in. I think this is just where he wanted to go in the first place. There are a lot of. I mean, there aren't as many kids these days that grow up wanting to go to school at one certain place, and you know, no matter what, no matter who else offers them going there. Yeah, I, I mean, wonder. I wonder I, how I, much I credit kids for being able to go to their dream school, and that's what it was with Bo. Yeah, how much? How much of Bo's decision to come to Auburn was Malzahn or the offense that no, Malzahn was wasn't running, and how either. much of it was the opportunity to be Auburn's yeah. quarterback? 
Well, I do know this. I, I can't speak for Bill or Dan or Jacob or Doug, but I can speak for the fan base. They got tired of your inspector. Tell everybody how Rob, Robbie Ashford is better than Peyton Thorne every day. So, uh, with that said, what did you guys think of the first playoff poll last night? Were you guys surprised at all? No, not at all. Uh, I thought it was okay. almost exactly what, what I expected there at the top, especially. I figured Ohio State, because of their schedule thus far, would be number one, Georgia two. The committee's got nothing to worry about if 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 – Georgia, Washington, Florida State, and the Big Ten champion are undefeated. The committee's got oh, nothing yeah. to worry about because you got four, thir- easy four 13 and 0 teams, no mess. If one of those things doesn't happen, you could have a beauty pageant between some very deserving teams uh, to to be in- included in the in the college football playoff, and you could have a you can have a good. Twelve and one conference champion left out potentially if uh, if, if things uh, if things shake out like that. So right. Yeah, what if LSU beat Alabama this weekend and Georgia beats LSU? You beat it too. That don't give them anything. That well, don't do if, anything for their schedule. Well, if, no, but if Georgia, if Georgia keeps winning, I don't think Georgia's yeah, got you're, anything. You're, to worry you're about. not gonna you're not gonna ignore the two time defending national champs. Uh, right, I agree. Who, who run the table? And if and if well if, if LSU beats Alabama, you could still have a two loss LSU team potentially in the SEC championship game, which would mm-hmm. still be a quality win. For yeah, they'd Georgia, be a, they'd be a top ten team. For I sure. think Terry. I think the more interesting thing would be what happens if LSU wins out. What does the committee do with a two loss LSU team and, and a one loss Georgia team who didn't play the toughest schedule? Yeah, that would be that would be something two, that could really cause two loss SEC problems. champion LSU would be a team that would be difficult to ignore in this because they would have won in Tuscaloosa and they would have beaten Georgia in Atlanta mm-hmm. first team in multiple years to beat Georgia in a game like I think that would be I, I think the team that could make the biggest headache for the committee but if they kept winning uh, would, would be LSU not to another situation would be interesting what if what if Oregon beat Washington and you have two one loss teams and Oregon's the conference champ and you, they're both one loss teams they're both very deserving and, and, and kind of the swan song of that conference. I think right now, just as close as it was between Washington and Oregon, that mm-hmm. the perception would be if they, if, um, if they both end up with a loss, meaning Oregon beats Washington again, Oregon's definitely Wa- going to be ahead of Washington. I think it's going to be tough for a 12-1 and Washington team to make the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. I think they need to stay undefeated to make it because you're also, if Washington loses a game, you've also got that opens the door to a one-loss Big 12 champion. What about Texas at 12-1? and one? What about Oklahoma at 12-1 and one if they were to win their league? I think both of those teams would have a, a shot at making it over a 12-1 and one Washington team. Either way, I think there's a realistic possibility a real good team is going to get left sitting home. Oh, you could have. I mean, the, 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 the thought of five undefeated con- – like now that Oklahoma's lost, you're not going to have five undefeated Power 5 conference champions, which is the, you know, the nightmare scenario right. in a four-team – college football playoff is that you would have had to leave out a 13 and 0 conference champion from the playoff. That's not going to happen this year. You could have three 12 and one conference champions for one spot and mm-hmm. you know, I, or, or, or two spots. And yeah, then, then you're looking at a scenario where someone, someone gets left out in, in a brutal situation where they probably deserve to be in just as much as everybody else. But we've seen that in the college football playoff before, sure. right? There have been very good one loss teams. That was that, what was the, the, the Baylor, the Baylor Kansas year, the, the first year of this thing, like there have been tough decisions before, but yeah, you could have a, you could have a mess at the end of the season, Terry. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Y'all take care. You too, Terry. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. You think LSU wins on Saturday?
I sort of do. I do too. I sort of do. I'll I tell you, never pick road teams in Tuscaloosa. No, no ever, and, and ever. probably after after not having a great week picking last week, you shouldn't pay attention to me. I'm not on a hot streak right now, but but if yeah, you had a hot streak last week, we'd say you're due to like fall that's back. That's probably to the back, right. right? I mean, that's probably right. Yeah, I found myself looking at more road teams this week than I normally do. But you think A and M's got a shot? That's another one I've looked at. A and M and Oxford. A yes, and Oxford. A and M and Oxford is yes, a. I do think they've got a shot like that's because one, of their defense. I'm not sure how much better Ole Miss is than A and M. Like not player either. for player. I mean, I'm hearing a lot of this. Oh, if LSU beats Alabama, Ole Miss is. It's like Ole Miss has got a, not only A and M this week. They're in Athens next week. Ole Miss is Look, not finishing. If oh, I'll tell you what. If Ole Miss finishes the season eleven, 11 and one, they des- they deserve. To be playing in Atlanta. Oh, they deserve to be playing in Atlanta. They deserve playoff consideration. Yeah. At eleven and one with they're a win. not going to finish eleven, 11 and one. one with wins over LSU and Georgia. Absolutely should have you in the mix yes. this year. To I mean, I don't know if you're going to have four teams with better resumes than than that potentially. No. If no, I, agree. I mean one one loss, a road loss to Alabama, like, but I don't think I don't think Ole Miss is going to win. But the yeah, next two games back back to Alabama LSU. It's really interesting, and our next caller can can talk about this from from that end. I have heard both both fan bases, it's more than usual. Both fan bases are extremely confident. I mean, I'm hearing, look, Jaden Daniels, uh, Jalen, uh, Jaden Daniels, he's just this year's Jalen Milrow. Uh, Milrow, Milrow is about to do what Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels is this year's Joe Burrow right yeah, now well, based but on no, these what, numbers. But, but what Alabama that, fans folks. are saying is, uh, he wasn't that impressive last year, but and it's like, but he beat you last year. But I mean, Alabama fans, I think, feel like, and rightfully so, Alabama's getting better. They are getting better. There's no question about that. But then LSU fans will tell you, yes, and we beat them last year, and we're better than we were a year ago. And Alabama is not as good yet. We'll see. Uh, let Let's get to the phones. And speaking of uh, red stick, Tex is up next. Hey, Tex. Hey, guys. Dan, you couldn't be more right. The number one name uh, that is used in the same sentence with Jaden Daniels is Joe Burrow. Yep. Their next Joe Burrow. Uh, so I, I think he does some things better than Joe. I think there's some things he doesn't do as well as Joe, but he's electric. He is scary. Field. He is scary, yes. And by, and by the way, if you fail to bet LSU when they go into Tuscaloosa, you would lose more times than you don't. So – they're very good in that. Stadium. They're much better. Alabama's better in Baton Rouge, and LSU's better in Tuscaloosa. You know, mention something else too about Jaden Daniels, and this this is relevant for Auburn people. Jaden Daniels last year did not go through spring with LSU. He joined the team after the yep. spring semester was over and had to do everything he was doing last season, having joined the team in the summer, like Peyton Thorne this year for Auburn. Jaden Daniels much better in the second half last year mm-hmm. on a team that he joined late, and now we're seeing him in year two, having gone through the whole offseason as LSU's quarterback, having this great year. I'm not saying Peyton Thorne's going to do Jaden Daniels stuff next year, but there's a reason why Jaden Daniels... Yeah, there's a reason to be optimistic that well, things can get better for him, but... There's a reason Jaden Daniels struggled right out of the gate yes. last year, and folks thinking, well, well, he wasn't all that special last year. Yeah, you, you have to ignore... Yeah, we heard some Auburn fans saying that. Yeah, well, ignore... Oh, he can't do it again. Uh-huh, okay. Yeah, he did. Well... That's because Jaden Daniels early on used to duck his head and take off and run. His head never goes down. No, you're right. And it doesn't go down he's when he's running. electric on the move. <laughs> yes. He's as electric on the move throwing the football as he is standing in the pocket. I'm not All sure right, there's so a, a I'm not sure things. there's a quarterback, Tex, I'm not sure there's a quarterback in college football 
right now, as much right. as people love Caleb Williams, I'm not sure there's a yep. guy, if I were an NFL team and I had to take somebody for like the rest of their career, like, it, it might be Daniels. If I had a Heisman vote, it would be Daniels 1, 2, 3, and 4. <laughs> so, I, I think that's how good he is. So, hey, just a couple things uh, that I, I wanted to cover. I get to do something. By the way, real quick, you're talking about that game. Is there a way possibly that they could go to like 67 overtimes and they, they just call it a tie and neither one of them win? Someone's got to win. Someone's got to win, Tex. Someone's got to win. <laughs> Uh, I, well, I wish there was a way this didn't. Maybe they'll get into a big brawl and they call it a, a, a by default. Both teams lose. Power failure. Anyway, but just a power failure yeah. in the area. We got to we gotta call it for the. So I get to do something this weekend that I have never done in the Southeastern Conference. We're leaving tomorrow to go to Vanderbilt or to go to Nashville. Actually, I'm not going to Vanderbilt. I'm going to Nashville uh-huh. for for four or five days. I've never been to a game, uh, excuse me, I've never been to a football game at Vandy. I've been to every other school in our conference and schools that haven't been in our conference in a long time, like Georgia Tech and Tulane. I've been to games at UT. I've been to a game at the University of Oklahoma, not an Auburn game, but a game there. So I've covered every stadium except the one at Vandy. And you get to and go I while it's under construction now. I can't so that's, believe, that's great. Yeah, I can't believe I've seen Auburn play somewhere Tex hasn't seen Auburn because I was at the 08 game. Well, um, I, I don't want to take so – I'm, I'm not taking any questions about the 2008 Auburn Vanderbilt no. game, but I, I was there. I have no idea why I've never been to Vanderbilt. Or let me rephrase that. Well, I've never been to Nashville. We're going to the Grand Ole Opry tomorrow night and sitting four rows back from the stage center. That's and cool. Can't who's, wait. who's playing? And I don't even know who's performing. You know, it doesn't really care. matter. It is, it is really cool <laughs> to go. Uh, get, get, you know, you're going to go to the to the new venue or to the old venue? It's, I think tomorrow night is the old venue. Okay. The, so, the, the grand, so the grand old it. venue. I yeah. The yes, it doesn't yeah. really matter to me where it is. I'm going in Nashville. Oh, it's cool. It is really cool. We so, did that. Yeah, we did that a couple of springs ago. If there's ago. anybody listening, I got an invitation form for Saturday from 10 to 2. My uh, lead assistant has a cousin named Jenna that will be playing at Kid Rock's place on Saturday huh. from 10 to 2. Oh, that's and good. And Tex and Cindy will be there. We'll be the ones with orange on. So. Uh, we uh, will be there. So yeah, you, like you're going to be the only ones with orange there. There yeah, exactly. Th- there and will be a couple way, of Auburn on, fans in Nashville. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, what's the what's the show? Not America's Got Talent. The other singing song with uh, Katy Perry on it. What's the name of That's it? American uh, Idol. American Idol. She was on American Idol. She she's very talented wow. young lady. All right. And last but not least, so I had a. 30, 45-minute talk with a friend of mine that's on the staff of the Arizona Diamondbacks right now. And I liken this discussion to I keep hearing Robbie's name come up some and whether or not he got a fair chance or not a fair chance. I will just give you a little view into coaches' minds. Number one, this coach is never really satisfied with what his pitchers do. But the problem is is he will they will pitch people that they trust not to throw a ball right down the middle at 96 mile an hour to a guy who is in the major leagues who's going to pound the ball uh, on the first pitch. So it's the Diamondbacks are going to see, and, and what they made me think of is football coaches aren't going to play guys 
who can't make certain throws. You'll have to make all of them. But if you've got a five-yard pass to your tight end, the right knee is not the location for the ball. The ball is to hit him in the chest or in the hands with the football. So that's the reason why I don't think he's gotten a more of a shot because my guess is, is that's the way it's been in practice too. You can't throw the ball that way in a game unless you've been doing that in practice. So that's, that's the way I think about that. But anyway, uh, Brent was talking and uh, by the way, he's, he's extremely worried. Uh, I'm not telling you, I'm not a better. I don't really care about betting. I, it doesn't yeah, make you're sense. extremely worried when but, you're down three, one in a series. Well, Three to one in the fact that his middle relievers have not fared well in one game. So, uh, and that's that's where some of the worries coming. So, I think it's going to be a very difficult night for the Diamondbacks tonight, uh, unless they jump out really, really quick, and somebody in the middle relief takes it over and is able to extend past two or three innings all right or he's zach gallon gives or, or zach gallon gives them at least you know gives yeah. them seven and he yeah. he's very capable of doing seven or more when he's on he's very but there's been some discussion about some arm fatigue with him so oh. uh anyway on uh, all that being said i've watched the game a couple times from the weekend whoever asked the question and i know who it is so i'm being kind about why got a little conservative and then look at the drive chart for the second half needs to be – that pass needs to be revoked. That might be the dumbest question I've ever heard in my life. And maybe it needed to be asked, but it's still a dumb question if you had looked at the drive chart in the second half. He was protecting the football, and his defense was not giving up points. They may have given up yardage, but they were giving up points. So people, I hear people say all the time, the game was closer than it looked. The game is only as close or as far as what the final score is. That's the only thing that matters. So, uh, and by the way, one last thing. Mm-hmm. How do you think Bo would have fared if we would have brought Cohen in and he immediately hires Freeze instead of us hiring Harson? How do you think Bo would have fared at Auburn and would he still be there? Uh, no, he would be in the NFL, is my Correct. answer. <laughs> Correct. So that's all I got, guys. Hey, love the show. Sorry. Won't participate till next week. Great. Hey, hey, you guys have have a great trip, Tex. Hey, by the way, thirty eight years. Oh man, that's great. That's where we're going. All the all absolutely congratulations. All all the best, Tex. Unbelievable. Cindy's put up with you for that long. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, really. (laughs) (laughs) All right, take care. Oh, thanks. And and as to the question, no, I think it needed to be asked because so many fans were asking that question. Yeah, but I think there is a, you know, even we were talking about it in the the moment, like there was pretty reasonable explanations for why. I mean, and it doesn't change. Yes, when you look at the points Auburn scored in the, points Auburn scored in the first half, points Auburn scored in the second half, like you can draw, oh, well. Sure, it's different. But there's reasons. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we'll get to our first break. Yellowhammer, hang on. You're up when we come back here on the Wednesday Drive. Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. 24 minutes after 5 o'clock. Don't forget, coming up at the bottom of the hour... It's our weekly Tiger Takes. Jacob Goins spending time with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante. But in the meantime, back to the phones we go. 
And Yellowhammer is next. Hey, Yellowhammer. What's up, Hammer? Hey, hey, afternoon. Well, I was listening to Terry talk about how he considered that Oregon might be the very best uh, one-loss team in the country, and maybe so, I don't know. But it inspired me to think, uh, to ask you to ramble on about who do you think is, at this point in the season, is kind of rising as the cream and could be the big dogs at the end. Let me ask you this, Bill. If someone's going to beat Georgia this year, who's it going to be and when are they going to do it? If Georgia doesn't finish this year. I don't think Georgia, I don't think there's much chance of anybody beating Georgia before they get to Atlanta. Right. So it would be Alabama or LSU. Alabama or LSU. Alabama or LSU could potentially Mm -hmm. do it in in Atlanta. Um, I mean, I I feel like more than than potential playoff matchups, Yellowhammer, that's the the most dangerous game uh, Georgia could have. On the docket, and if they lose that game, they could see one of those two SEC champions. Uh, they could see one of those two SEC teams in the playoff, depending on. Well, I was talking nationally. Well, yeah, no, that's but that's what I mean. Is I feel like Georgia's biggest threats are are within the conference. You know, and you could say m- maybe Washington, maybe Florida State, because they have um, explosive offense. The Big Ten champion Big Ten is going to be, a, be it, yeah, is, Ohio is, State or Michigan. I don't know. I think Georgia matches up pretty well against. Them. I think so too. Like I think I think that the LSU and Bama seem like tougher matchups mm-hmm. for Georgia than uh, than than some of the teams that are predicted predicted right now to make the college football playoff. Well, um, I know it's all uh, kind of iffy, and anything could happen, and somebody could get hurt, and then everything could get derailed, and so forth. But. Uh, it does look like the SEC kind of is a little bit more uh, out front of everybody else. Well, not even the SEC. You know, I would say, I mean, at the moment, Georgia, it's tough to pick a team and say, yeah, they're, they're definitely better than Georgia uh, of anybody. And then, uh, and then, and then Bama, and LSU, Bama and LSU look like, and, and Ole Miss is in that conversation as well as a top 10. I mean, you got four SEC teams in the top 10. Uh, right now, but uh, uh, it, it's uh, where's LSU? Are they? They're not actually in the top ten, are they? They're, they're no, they're they're twelve. Yeah, they're just they're just outside. Like yeah, so so I mean it's but it, no, it, it's a uh, I mean it, it's it's a year where the best teams in the SEC appear to be as good as just about anybody in college football, which is uh, which is par for the course. Well, who knows? <laughs> That's why they play them. Yeah, you know, I do. I do want to appreciate the phone call, Yellowhammer. Like, yeah, just sort of predicting, like like speculating who could or who would give Georgia maybe maybe a, a Texas or Oklahoma team playing well you know would would have yeah you know what Georgia's offense I think is underrated I think so Carson too. Beck I think people don't realize that the numbers he's putting up he's putting up numbers that um that are pretty pretty comparable to what Stetson Bennett did a year ago when people thought oh he's uh, he's he's having the most ridiculous numbers uh, Georgia quarterbacks had. All right, Carson Beck in conference play this year, Bill. You ready? He averaging three hundred yards a game. How about, how about, how about against against South Carolina? He was twenty seven to thirty five. That's seventy seven percent. Against Auburn, he was twenty three to thirty three. That's seventy percent. Against Kentucky, he was twenty eight to thirty five. That's eighty percent. Against Vandy, twenty nine to thirty nine. That's seventy four percent. And uh, against Florida, uh, completion percentage drops all the way down to sixty eight percent in that game, Bill. As he uh, as he completed nineteen of twenty eight for three fifteen. No, it, it's a and keep in mind, no Bowers these last couple of games and Georgia's still right. been Georgia's still been humming. They're getting along. better. They're getting healthier. They're getting their running games going better. Their their receivers are. I think they're spreading the ball around a little bit more. They're not relying on Brock Bowers as much. McConkey 
looks to be back to being Lad McConkey, six for one thirty-five and a touchdown against Florida. Now this is a, I mean, there's not a team in the country that would be favored against Georgia on a neutral field, and you know, I know, I know for some people that's disappointing that we're in year three of Georgia looking like the best team in college football, but that's uh, that's where we are right now. We'll get to our bottom of the hour break coming up on the other side. It's Tiger Takes. So stick with us here on the Wednesday Drive. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Wednesday afternoon. Time now for our weekly Tiger Take segment brought to you by the Alsabrook Law Group. When you need legal assistance, call Zach. He's got your back. Or find him on the web at alsolaw.com. Earlier today, Jacob Goins, host of On the Line, weekday afternoons 2 to 4 here on ESPN 106.7, spent some time with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante. Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7 as I sit down every single week with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante. Eugene, great to hear from you once again, man. And uh, for the first time in the last couple of weeks, we get to sit down and talk about an Auburn football win, man. I know that has to feel good for you, uh, and I know it felt good for this football team on Saturday. Yeah, it was a great feeling, you know, going back out there and, uh, you know, playing trying to play our style of football and getting everything clicking, seeing everything on, on everybody being on the same page. It was a great feeling. And uh, ultimately we were, you know, striving and, and we were thirsty for that uh, victory and we were able to get it. So, you know, I'm, I'm extremely grateful to just get back on the win column. So it was a big thing for us. Well, we've been talking in the last couple of weeks through uh, what was a, a tough stretch for this team when you played, you know, Texas A&M and Georgia and Ole Miss and LSU, right? Those are tough teams. And Mississippi State is is a tough team as well. We were talking how it was all going to come together at some point, right? I just felt like everybody that covers this team and covers you guys, we knew that it was all going to come together. And I think you guys knew that it was going to come together. What was it on Saturday that finally let this team break through and get your first SEC win? Yeah, I think the biggest thing was just getting the confidence uh, across the board. You know, everybody being confident within the game plan, everybody understanding and take a deep breath and, and just, you know, having that, you know, just everybody, we understand what the season has brought and what the adversity we've, we've dealt with, but we understand that we just have to, you know, breathe and understand that, you know, we have to play our style of football, um, be confident within the game plan, you know, go out there and not try to, you know, do too much, um, everybody doing their 111 and uh, playing our style of football. And that, I think that that's what, you know, brought us the win on Saturday. Well, man, you were flying around once again as Auburn beats Mississippi State 27-13. to 13. You led the defense in total tackles with 10. Eight of those were solo. Um, you just continue to be uh, one of the, the leaders on this defense, man. And, again, it just looks like you're having so much fun every time you get on the field. Yeah, uh, and I continue to say I'm, I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be on the field. Um, that's something I didn't get the opportunity last year, so I take – I take great pride in being on the field. I, I want to go out there and put my um, put my best foot forward um, every single Saturday. And I understand how 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 many people are invested in you know us playing well and 
you know, the fans are invested. So I just want to go out there and put my best performance on every single Saturday. So um, it's just, it was a great feeling being out there and making tackles and, um, you know, just getting to the quarterback. It was a great feeling. So going to continue to try to keep up on that track and, and hopefully for the rest of the season. Well, I've been saying all season long, Eugene, that this Auburn defense has been doing their job, and you did your job again on Saturday, holding Mississippi State to three total points in the first half, 13 total points in the game, and with a backup quarterback that, uh, I mean, I'm sure we, you know, we didn't fully know who was going to be playing at quarterback going into this game. I think that's a a huge testament to preparation and and really to uh, to the to the level of dedication that you and this entire defense have on on just focusing on playing at the highest level. And man, you guys did it again, holding Mississippi State to just 13 points and getting another interception on Saturday, as you guys are one of the best defenses in the country at getting interceptions. Yeah, you know, that's something we continue to make a point of emphasis, you know, uh, taking away the football, uh, whether it's through picks, whether it's through uh, fumbles, whether it's, you know, any type of way to cause havoc. That's one thing we have emphasized defense. Um, so, you know, Zion Puckett back-to-back weeks of making uh, interceptions, which is a really big thing for us uh, that we're going to continue to try to emphasize. Uh, Zion, somebody in the secondary that we really rely on in terms of communication. He, got, he plays the game the right way. He's physical. Uh, he flies around the football field. So, you know, just seeing him, all the everything coming to fruition for him, man, is a big thing for me. And, I, you know, his 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 journey and his story truly inspires me, you know. So um, we're grateful, to you know, for the guys in the back end taking care of business, uh, Simpson as well, uh, DJ James, Mighty, continuing to hold us down in the back end. So, man, it's going to be an exciting thing because we see, we see all it coming to fruition. We see everything coming together within the, you know, the front, the middle, and the back. So, and on top of that, you know, the offense went out there and played a really good game, you know, getting everything started and, and you know, just building that confidence within themselves to let them know that, you know, they can continue to, to be a success. They can be a successful group in this in this SEC that we play in. So, um, it's a great thing. Saturday was a great thing for us. Yeah, well, you bring up the offense, and that's where I wanted to go next in uh, the offense playing their best offensive performance in a Power 5 game so far this year. And, you know, it seems like, you know, at times they have struggled to to kind of get a little momentum going and put some points on the board. But they did on Saturday. They did early and often in that first half. And how does that really help you in this defense when you come out on the field and you can look at the scoreboard and and your team has a significant lead? How does that help you just from a defensive mindset? Oh, it just gives us a sigh of relief. You know, we, we understand we still have to go out there and stop them, but it just gives you a sigh of relief that, hey, um, they have our back. Um, you know, they're going to continue to, uh, you know, they're going to put their best foot forward. So we can play a little freely. You know, we can play more free. We can, um, you know, instead of uh, trying to go out there and maybe somebody may try to, you know, play hero ball, force a fumble, and they might miss a tackle or something. Uh, instead of that, it's just, you know, playing our, playing our, uh, our game, which is, you know, getting them to third down. Uh, get into our third down pressures and get into our different looks we have in third down and then trying to get after the quarterback. So it was, uh, it's a great thing to see them click. Uh, it's a great thing just to even watch and experience, you know, running the ball effectively, throwing the ball, um, just having success through the air and all that type of stuff is a great thing to just see. And um, I, I hope the Auburn fans enjoyed it and it's going to continue to be that way. 
Man, we got to get, uh, I got to ask, we have to get a inside the locker room, Eugene Asante point of view on this, on the winning celebration after Auburn gets their first SEC win, first win in, in the last couple of weeks. We know it was a tough stretch for you and this team, but you get back in the win column, you're back on it and kind of in a groove right now. What was that winning uh, celebration like? Give us a, a little inside scoop on what that winning celebration was like for you and this team, man. Uh, it was a great thing. You know, the guys were extremely excited as soon as we got into the locker room. And, you know, they cut on the music. You know, Coach Freeze was talking. And, and in the middle of talking, the music just started cutting on. And it was just an exciting thing because, you know, the music was blaring. And he he didn't try to get them to cut off the music. He, everybody was just jumping up in excitement. And then Coach Freeze started dancing a little bit, too. <laughs> so it was a great thing. It was a great thing seeing Coach Freeze dance and just enjoying himself and, you know, Everybody was there, the coaches there, the families were there. So just an exciting thing to see the atmosphere and everybody just into it. So, you know, we're going to continue to try to uh, create those moments for our team. And it was one of the, you know, one of my best moments and best being here at Auburn. So just seeing that was a great experience for me. It was a big win for Auburn as they take down Mississippi State 27-13 to on Saturday. Talking with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante here on ESPN 106.7. As we flip the page and look ahead to this weekend, you guys back on the road after a couple of home games in Nashville taking on Vanderbilt, um, a team that has struggled to say the least this season and trying to get some wins themselves. Um, what is the message and the mindset going into this game in a stadium that is going to have around 26, 27,000 people this weekend? Oh uh, yeah. The biggest thing is, you know, we don't underestimate them at all. They're extremely, uh, they're a extremely good team. Um, we understand what they bring to the table. Um, don't that we talk about how the, the, the school, their record does not reflect, who they are mm -hmm. we understand how good of a team they are so we're not underestimating them we want to go in there and you know, play our style of football so you know the biggest thing for us this week has been uh byoj uh bring your own juice you know bring your own intensity bring your own energy to the game and you know don't you don't have to uh nobody you're not going to have the environment in jordan Hare, but we're going to we're going to understand that uh, we have to play our style of football and bring our own energy and intensity so the biggest thing is uh, just creating that environment within practice, understanding that uh, we have to create an environment. We can, we have to create havoc um, with it amongst ourselves. Like we have to uh, set the standard in practice and just play that style with, the, with that effort and that intensity, every single play in practice and then bring it to, you know, Vanderbilt, you know, and ultimately they got a really good, they got a really good quarterback. We don't know what we're going to see in terms of the quarterback. So we're, you know, preparing for, you know, both guys, uh, you know, they got a great running back and they got a number six who's a dynamic uh, receiver for them. So we just, you know, continue to look at the scouting report and, uh, um, you know, continue to break down what they do to bring to the table and um, overall just, you know, prepare for them. Yeah, this is like multiple, multiple times this season that defensively going into a game, you guys are having to prepare for multiple quarterbacks due to injury. And I know we, we hate to see guys be hurt and, and not being able to play, but man, that's just, that has to be so difficult on multiple, multiple games this season, not truly knowing which quarterback you're going to see on Saturday. Yeah, it's a, it's a new thing for me. I don't think this much at all my college career I've seen uh, systems where it's been you don't know what type of guy you're gonna get, but I think the biggest thing now is like I 
since we had so much experience with it, we're kind of um, it's kind of familiar territory for us, and we're just going to continue to, you know, go off go off based on what we see on film and prepare for each quarterback style of play. And as you you mentioned earlier and just a second ago, bring your own juice. Who came up with that? I love that man on this defense. Who came up with that? Um, you know, the coaches actually, I'll probably say, I'll, I'll give it to the coaches. I, I credit the coaches on that. Okay. Um, they, you know, they talk about bringing your own juice and stuff. Um, and you know, um, they were talking to me yesterday during practice and they're like, yo, we have to create an environment, uh, within practice that that's conducive to like how it'll be in the game. You know, um, we understand, um, that we have to bring our own juice to this game and we have to be excited. We have to bring our own energy and intensity. So they said it to me and, uh, and they said, B-Y-O-J. And then I was like, uh, and then I just started yelling it throughout practice yesterday. So I, I, I want to continue to emphasize that this week, you know, B-Y-O-J, bring your own juice. And that's, that's really our theme defensively this week. And uh, we're going to continue to grow upon it. It seems like once you get a phrase, man, you're just going to scream it through the rooftops and, until everybody catches on and, and starts screaming it too. You had let's work to start now, and now you've got BYOJ, man. You're on a roll this season. I love it. And, and I think all of that translates on the field on Saturdays, and that's where the phrase practice like you play comes from. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, you know, um, it's kind of that, you know, just embracing that role, bringing the energy, bringing the enthusiasm. And, you know, I don't shy down, shy away from it. I embrace it that role um, being in that role so you know it's a big thing for me um, just you know bringing it every single day in practice and uh, that's going to be the emphasis today in practice is you know bringing in and creating an environment that's conducive to the game so um, yeah we're so super excited we're super excited for uh, Saturday well now that this team is back in the win column you got a little momentum into a easier part of the schedule and I know you guys don't overlook anybody but just looking at the records of the teams you're about to be facing over the next few weeks there are some opportunities for Auburn football to get some momentum back and and really turn this season around and make it to what could be a really really good year in year one under Hugh Freeze how does this team stay focused and try to pick up some wins before you get down to the Iron Bowl at the end of the year I think the biggest thing is understanding and um First off, first and foremost, understanding that uh, every day is a process. We, we treat every day as process-driven, with process-driven people. But we have to understand that we have we practice like we play. And I really do truly believe that um, if you make a mistake in practice and you, you know you're not critical of yourself and you don't fix that, um, it's, this is the same type of mistakes you're going to make in the game. So I think the biggest thing is being process-oriented, uh, focusing on each day at hand. And uh, once you get to the that Thursday and Friday point, it's just fine-tuning your mistakes, understanding your opponent. And then on Saturday, it's really letting it rip. You know, so I just, you know, the biggest thing is emphasizing that to the guys, you know, that within practice, make it difficult for yourself. Make it as difficult as possible. So when you go out there, uh, the environment, the atmosphere, uh, the crowd, whatever the circumstances may be, aren't to aren't, they don't affect you. You know, so you're just out there playing freely. So we're just trying to build that, continue to grow up on that. My coaches do a great job in, in um, allowing us to understand that and, and build upon it. And once the game comes, it's, it's fun. We're just flying around and having fun. 
Well, Auburn is on the road this Saturday in Nashville, taking on Vanderbilt, trying to get yet another SEC win, coming off of the win against Mississippi State. Auburn playing well on both sides of the football and especially on the defensive side. As we're talking with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante, as always, we appreciate him and his time joining us here on ESPN 106.7 for Tiger Takes. Something you Tiger Takes proudly presented each Wednesday by the Alsobrook Law Group on the web at alsolaw.com. Our thanks to the Alsobrook Law Group for their support of Tiger Takes here on The Drive. Back with our final segment. Stick with us. That's some sad breaking news we'll tell you about when we come back here on The Drive. Saturday, Auburn heads back out.